For several years, I've been involved in different photography contests. Have one coming up here in just a few weeks, but one a few years back was a nature photography contest, and they were doing live judging, and one person had this very blurry picture of a black bear climbing a tree by an eagle's nest. And he thought he was gonna win the contest, and he didn't. And so he was very upset, and he approached the judges, and he said in front of everybody, I should have won this contest. He said, that picture is very rare. How many people have a picture of a black bear climbing a tree by an eagle's nest? And the judges explained that the picture is so blurry, it's hard to even know this is a black bear. And again, he said, it doesn't matter. It's a hard to get picture. And they explained to him and said, you know, you have an interesting story on how you got a picture that's unique. And if this were a story contest, perhaps you would have placed. This, however, is a photography contest. And the picture is very bad quality, so you lost. And he was upset, and he took the picture, and he stormed off. But it was very interesting what they said to this man. He was essentially in the wrong contest, and he was simply following the rules as he thought he should follow them. But in the end, he missed the entire point. And again, the challenge for us, gathering together for worship on Sundays and then day-to-day -day walking in Christ, is to be sure that we are running the race in the correct way so that we can win the prize. And here, well done, good and faithful servant. It starts and it ends with us deciding what is the outcome of what I want to see God do or I'm praying for God to do in my life. Now, some people here may not have any outcome. Some people are distracted about anything but spiritual matters. But we want to be people that say, you know what? I want to run the race in such a way as to win. So what is my expectation? What is my expectation today? What's my expectation tomorrow? I spent some time overseas. Very interesting. One of the monasteries, when we talked about prayer, they called it your intention. And they would say, what is your intention? What is the outcome, the expectation that you have? And so we're going to look at some verses, Jesus talking to the disciples. And what is the expectation that we come with today? S.M. Lockridge wrote this poem about put your hope in Christ. And as you listen to this, I pray that it reaches into your heart like it does mine to expand our own expectation of what we want to see happen in our life when we come together on Sunday mornings, when we have our own private devotions, when we go to the Lord in prayer. S.M. Lockridge, Christ is enduringly strong, entirely sincere, eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful, imperially powerful, impartially merciful. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He's God's son, a sinner's savior, the centerpiece of civilization, the greatest phenomena to ever cross the horizon of this world. I'm telling you, church, put your hope in Christ. So, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. One word to pay attention to here. Pay attention. It says, Jesus was eating with the disciples, gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. That word wait, and he says, wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. That word wait is used many times throughout the New Testament as well as the Old Testament. He told them to go to the upper room 
and to wait. Often, and most often, the term wait, when the disciples use it, they are saying wait on the soon coming of the Lord, which could be today. And they said have that expectation that today could be that day. And Jesus gave parables to live your life so that if he showed up today, we would be where he wanted us to be in our walk of obedience. Jim Truitt came from a family of ministers, and they said this about Jim, though. They said, knowing one day Jesus would return, every morning Jim got up, went to the window on the east side of his house, raised the window with peace in his voice. He would then say, perhaps today he will come. Perhaps today. And living in that perhaps today, wait, that word, what does it mean? We'll come back to it here in just a moment. Here's a very well-known example, Old Testament, Isaiah 40, 31. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, mount upon wings like an eagle. So they that wait upon the Lord. Terminology, same, whether it's the Hebrew and the Old Testament, the Greek and the New Testament, both terms mean to wait with expectation. To wait with expectation. Not simply wait, but to have an expectation in that waiting. Go to the upper room and expect God is going to do something. Those that wait, those that expect something that God is going to do in their life, shall mount up on wings like an eagle. Our expectation is to be one daily with a simple faith to say, this is what I expect God is going to do. What is your intention? What do you intend to happen? When you go to prayer, what is it that from this day on and starting here this morning will be your expectation for God to move how? in your life this week. Again, Martin Luther, live like Jesus died yesterday, rose this morning, and is coming back tomorrow. So with that expectation, turn to Luke chapter 10, a few verses here, and notice what happens when Jesus talks to the disciples. It says this, the Lord appointed 72 and sent them two by two ahead of him into every town he was about to go. So he sends them out, 72, in groups of two. Why two in that culture? Going all the way back to Moses, people were told to have two people as an eyewitness for a testimony. So when they were being sent out, they were going to see amazing things that God was going to do. There would be two of them to testify that it happened. Here's his command. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. The first part, heal the sick, that your prayers accomplish much, that miracles still happen. Heal the sick, pray for the healing. And he says also, tell them the kingdom of God has come. What's the kingdom of God? It's this mystery, Christ in you. Now his life lived in you, lived in me. Tell people about the kingdom. Jesus told the disciples at this point, the prophets, Elijah and Moses, they wished they could see the things that they were seen in the New Testament. And so he said, now that you're seeing the blind see, the lame leap, the dead rise, know the kingdom is here and go forth and tell people that Christ now liveth. And as we surrender to him, scripture says he's given all men power to receive him and become sons and daughters of God. 
That's the kingdom message. Heal the sick, tell them about the kingdom. Hank Kuhnman said it like this, many times the greatest barriers we have to break are in our own minds. Start by breaking barriers by simply saying, you know, Lord, I have an expectation. My faith believes you're going to meet this prayer. Speak into this situation. You're going to do things that people could not do in their own strength. S.M. Lockridge continues, Christ does not have to call for help. You can't confuse him. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. He stands alone in the solitude of himself. He's august. He's unique, unparalleled, unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. He's the loftiest idea in literature, the highest personality in philosophy, the supreme problem of higher critics. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology, the cardinal necessity of spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the ages, the superlative of everything good you can call him. I'm trying to tell you, church, put your hope in Christ. Now, Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Here the 72 return, and we're told the 72 returned with joy and said, what were they most excited about? What did they most celebrate? He sent them out, again, heal and tell people the kingdom news, the gospel message. And when they come back, they are so excited that they say one specific thing to Jesus. What is it they were most excited about? S.M. Lockridge continues, he can satisfy all our needs. He can do it simultaneously. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted, the tried. He sympathizes, he sees, he guards, he guides, he heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He exchanges debtors, delivers the captives, defends the feeble, blesses the young, regards the aged, rewards the diligent. He beautifies the meek. I'm trying to tell you, church, put your hope in Christ. So the expectation to be a, a waiting with expectation moment to moment. What's your expectation for God to do in your life today? And when he sent out the 72, they came back. And what did they celebrate? Back to Luke 10, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. What is the example that we turn to to say this is the greatest evidence of the gospel of Christ? It's changed lives. What were the disciples most excited about people being set free from the lies of the enemy, set free from the chains of the enemy, set free from sin. As Paul would say, we're no longer now slaves to sin, but we're slaves to righteousness. Even the demons submit to us in your name, they said. Brad Bailey put it like this, at the center of this exchange is a defining moment in which the authority of heaven is being extended to human lives. What did Peter say in the same context? Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Peter said this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, with power. He went about doing good and noticed healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. When you speak the gospel into somebody's life, they can be freed from the enemy's oppression. 
The chains that bind them can be broken. They can be set free. That's why he said, go forth, share the kingdom. And they were so excited. Even the demons submit in your name. People are set free from the bondage and lies of the enemy. Well, see, Jesus tells them, celebrate something else even more. As we read another verse here in Luke. First, though, let me give an example. Before living here in Summit County a few years ago, my wife and I, we lived in Canton. And at the time, I was a pastor in Stark County, and somebody had found my address through somebody that knew I was a pastor. And one night, this person we never met knocked on the door, and this lady said, somebody gave me your name, said you might be able to help. I have a flat tire. I was hoping you might be able to help me to buy a new tire that we're not naive about such things but we try to help to see where doors might be opened so we gave this person money the next night she had my phone number and she called and she said you won't believe what happened i have another flat tire what are the odds i said please come on over and as she did a friend dropped her in front of our house and then drove a little bit down and parked on the street and she walked up and she said you know I must have the worst luck and I said you know you don't have bad luck you have an addiction and you have something all the drugs in the world and all the money it's not gonna fix and you and I can sit here on this porch tonight and we can have the most important conversation of your life and you can find the answer to the deepest hope in your heart. I'd love to say that that night she surrendered her life to Christ, but she simply said, you know, I have a lot to think about. Walked back down the road and got in the car with the friend and drove away. The greatest evidence of Christ is changed lives. And he offers to change yours and mine. And our job is to simply say, you know what, Lord? I've got a faith and expectation. And this is what I'm praying for in my life or somebody else's life. Robbie Dawkins says, being a kingdom people means like Jesus, we live our lives in agreement with heaven. We speak and act to accomplish what God wants to do here on earth we live our lives in accordance with christ and speak and act the way he wants us to and he says go forth and bring healing and share the gospel and set the people free from the oppression of the enemy lockridge continues he's the key to knowledge the wellspring of wisdom the doorway of deliverance the pathway to peace the roadway to righteousness the highway to holiness the gateway to glory, put your hope in Christ. He's the master of the mighty, captain of the conqueror, head of the heroes, leader of legislators, overseer of overcomers, governor of governors. He's the prince of peace. He's the king of king. He's the Lord of lords. Put your hope in Christ. Closing here with Luke 20, they just celebrated and said, even the demons submit in your name. Notice what Jesus said. Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice your names are written in heaven. 
The greatest miracle is always salvation. The lost found. Sinners finding salvation. Rejoice your names are written in heaven. That's why Robbie Dawkins says this, when I pray for somebody, my first and foremost prayer is, Lord, let your presence come. Because without him first, nothing in human strength is going to matter. We now have to know his presence. And in his presence, that's the kingdom. And that's the freedom. What is the expectation we bring this morning? In closing, Eslam Lockridge put it like this. His office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Put your hope in Christ. I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable because he's incomprehensible. He's irresistible. He's invincible. You can't get him out of your hands. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't outlive him. You can't live without him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. Thank God the grave couldn't hold him. Listen to me, church. Put your hope in Christ. Nessie Williamson's a popular speaker. Travels to inspire people. He was born in a very poor neighborhood with lots of crime, and his mother had a drug addiction. His brother's often in trouble with the law. They both joined gangs. One ended up in prison for life. Another ended up shot in a fight, was paralyzed from the waist down. And Desi was wrestling, which way would his life go? Would he join the gangs? Or would he seek to live a different type of life? He shared that one day he was at home and he saw his brother several years after he was paralyzed. He's in a wheelchair. He's at the window, tears in his eyes. And Desi looks at him and his brother says, you know what, Desi? It's not enough just to change. Man, you've got to change in time. It's not enough just to change. You've got to change in time. This morning as we close, what is your expectation? Christ is the answer in all things. Don't let this moment pass by. Put your hope in Christ.
have come.